You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 101 with Allie Worthington. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, today I had the chance to talk with Allie Worthington, and you are in for a treat. Allie shares with us that her husband lost his job when her fifth child was only five weeks old, and they had to file bankruptcy and figure out what to do. She shares with us that she decided to figure out how to make money on the internet with only $42 and a laptop with broken keys. She shares with us that her husband is now retired and is a stay-at-home dad, and she is the breadwinner. One story that stands out to me is how passionate she is to helping women create the lives they were meant to live. Let's go to the show. Allie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. It's great to be here. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker about travel. So I love asking, what is your favorite vacation spot that you've gone to and why? And this can be with or without kids. Hmm. Oh, that's a great question. I'm an amusement park girl. So any amusement park, I want roller coasters. I want really bad food. (laughs) Um, I like the whole experience. So I think mine would have to be Disney World. Oh, yes. Um, I love it. Have you ever been to Cedar Point? No, it's I in Ohio. Here, Cedar Point is amazing. Yes. Yeah. So I grew up in Michigan, so we could drive to Sandusky pretty easily. I mean, those if you like roller coasters, I mean, that's the roller coaster park. I mean, it's they're crazy. So I don't know how crazy you like it. But if you like crazy, those are those are the roller coasters to go on. <laughs> I love those. We just, yeah. I just took the boys to Dollywood because I live in Nashville. So it's yeah. about four hours away. Went to Dollywood, did all the roller coasters, did Insta stories the whole time. And there's all these st- pictures from the roller coasters where I am. I'm just having the time of my life. And my little poor 10 year old looks Aww. like he's about to die. It's yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> I have not yet to, I, I, I've not been to Dollywood. You know, I live here too, outside of Nashville, but um, mm-hmm. I've not gone. So uh, is it, a, is, is it definitely a place you have to go check out? It is so fun. It, it has, is. Okay. It has better rides than Disney, just to be quite honest. It's oh, amazing. Awesome. Yeah. We did. We, I was a little bit extra, so I decided we were going to get there at 10 a.m. and stay till 10 p.m., so we did the whole morning at Dollywood, the afternoon at the water park, and then closed it down with fireworks. I was, I, It's been two weeks. I think I'm still tired. I bet. That's really going strong. <laughs> I wanted to get all my all I could out of the out of the ticket price. I love it. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about that. You have boys. So how about you share with us um, what your full name is and where? So you're out. You're from um, outside of Nashville. But um, how many mm-hmm. kids do you have? And then we're going to jump into how you got to where you are today. Well, sure. I'm Allie Worthington. I have five boys. That's my mine and my husband's claim to fame. The youngest is ten, so they go ten, eleven, fourteen. I'm thinking 17 and 19. I can't keep up with the ages. Um, (laughs) And we just have this madhouse, crazy life with all these boys. I love it. Yeah. So did they all go with you to Dollywood? Um, The oldest two were on separate trips. One was at basketball camp and the other one was working because he's going to be a sophomore in college next year. So he has to work all summer to save up money. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And so I had a blast that no, that sounds so much fun. And I can see why you probably want to go from 10 to 10. I mean, you got to wear those boys out, (laughs) (laughs) but then you're like, then you're like, wait, I'm now worn out and now paying the price now that we're home. So, um, I get that. Um, so how, how about you just give us a little bit of a snippet of how you got to where you are today and, 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 you know, the things that you do. 
Sure, sure. I was a stay-at-home mom for many, many years. When my husband and I got married, I told him that I wanted five kids and all I wanted to do was be a stay-at-home mom. That was my dream. And he said, sure, that that's great. Just, you know, make sure you have hobbies. You know, he didn't want me to get bored. And after, right after our fifth baby was born, he ended up losing his job. It was right when the recession was starting and um, we ended up losing our house that went into foreclosure. We filed bankruptcy five weeks after my fifth baby was born. We ended up moving in with my grandfather while my husband was looking for jobs. And I started Googling how to make money on the internet. And I literally had $42 and a laptop with broken keys. And I would drive to a McDonald's Playland to entertain the boys and just search, how, how am I going to do this? And a year later, I started my first business. And this was 2008. So since then, um, life's life's been amazing on the career front. I've been able to start and sell some businesses, grow a business, grow a ministry, and launch three books. So yeah, I I'm a big a believer that <laughs> that with God and Google, we can do anything in the world we want to do. That is amazing. So I. Yeah, if I could wake up every day and and say to women, there's there's so much at your fingertips that you know you don't have to get permission to learn anything. You don't need money to you don't need you know all this all this budget to start a business. I would because it's it's been so good for us and our family. And then just a few years ago, my husband was able to retire, so now my husband's a stay home dad, and I'm the breadwinner for the family. That that is awesome, and and that's and that's one of the reasons why I thought it'd be so great to have you on, and and we're going to talk about your new book that's coming out soon, and we'll do that a little bit closer to the end. But I've read that your goal is to help women live the life that um, they were created to live, and so and I know my audience, you know they you know they're trying to figure out what they want to do if it being they're working the job that they were working from college or they're stay at home mom and they want to start a business or start something new, even if it's a side you know, hustle or, or something, you know? And so can you paint us a picture on what it looks like to you though, when helping women create a life that they were meant to live? Well, sure. So I spend a lot of my time, um, writing of course for books. And then when I'm not writing, I do business coaching. So that can look like me helping someone figure out what it is she needs to do, what she wants to do, what's really good for her, what's going to be profitable all the way to helping business owners be able to run their business in a way that works for them. So they're running it and the business isn't actually running them. Um, I've heard so many people say, it's so interesting how you write books about Jesus, but you're also a business coach. But I, I think those things go hand in hand. I think that the Lord calls us all to live full lives in whatever we're called to do. Not everybody's called to start a business. But when we look at women in the Bible, they were always super productive. You know, the Proverbs 31 woman, she was getting stuff done. She had her, her field. She was tending to it. She was making things and selling it. I think it's all part of a full life. Yeah, no, I agree. And I feel like, what do you, what do you think is the biggest um, obstacle that women have though, with, with doing what you're just saying? Like, what do you think is holding them back from actually going after their passions and their dreams? Like what advice would you give them? I think so often we are the thing that holds us back because it is, it is the thoughts that go through our head. And as women, the thoughts that go through our head is I'm not enough. I don't have what I need. 
there's some, you know, there's some secret information that I'll never be able to have that everyone else has. And I, I don't have it. So I'm just, I'm not going to try it. That, that is the thought loop that we all get stuck in. And when we, when we have those thoughts, whether we realize it or not, it makes it impossible to take any action. When the biggest real stumbling block that all new business um, creators have is, is this idea good? Is this idea actually going to make money? Is this right for me? There are a million different you know, articles and resources on the internet that teach us how to build our platform and build a brand and build an email list. And it's all overwhelming, but none of those things actually matter if we don't know for sure that we have a great idea, that we're going to love it, and that it's actually going to be profitable. Hey, you guys, I want to talk to you about a program that Allie created. I know that some of you might be thinking about starting a side hustle, or you may have a business of some kind, or maybe you're in a career that you're feeling like you want to change it, but you feel a little bit scared or stuck. So for those of you that are in a business, you know that sometimes it's hard to have a business and you can feel lonely. But those of you that are trying to think of business ideas, you may be kicking around an idea But you may feel like you need a big marketing budget, or maybe your friends and family just don't know why you even want to do this. And then it creates doubt in your mind that, should I even do this? And will this idea work? So what if I told you that you can do it? What if I told you that you don't need a business degree? What if I told you that you don't even need a ton of money? Allie has created an amazing program that will allow you to take her secrets, replicate the process of your own business ideas, and have complete confidence. So Allie has created this program that's backed by 10 years of testing, experimentation, and validation. You guys, I have personally gone through this program and it's amazing and so easy to navigate. You are going to learn how to identify best business model, learn to use your own unique gifts and experience for your product or service. You're going to identify the problem you solve with your product or service She's going to teach you how to identify your most profitable product or service offering. And last, she's going to teach you how to validate your idea to reduce risk. So you guys, you are going to be saving yourself from hours of frustration, overwhelm, and doubt without a major strain on your budget or relationships. You guys, business coaches can be thousands of dollars and you can get this program for only $199. That's right, $199. So you guys, you can go to my special link for Mom Inspired Show listeners at mominspiredshow.com forward slash gainful growth. So by clicking this link, it doesn't cost you any more money, but it will help the show so that I can keep bringing you awesome content each week and amazing guests. Let's get back to the show. So then people might be thinking, how do you figure that out without, you know, going, this is what I think is hard, right? You spend, you could spend too much time in something and you don't quit and let it go, right? Because you're just like, oh, I'm just going to try to make this work. And then there's the other side of it. Did you give it enough time to figure out if this is going to actually be profitable or if this idea is really good? So when people come to you in regards to that, what what is your suggestion? Well, there's a real framework that you need to go through to test it. So one of the things we do with when I, one of the things I do with my clients is we go through, you know, is this a good business model that exists in the world already? There's this idea that we want to find something to do that nobody else is doing. And the problem with that is if nobody else is doing it, there's probably a reason. So whether it's starting a new business on Etsy where you're creating products or even for even for a book, 
If like, if I went to my publisher and said, Hey, I think my next book is going to be about finding Jesus through painting elephant toenails at the zoo. (laughs) They're going to say, that's really interesting, Allie, but no, because one of the big things we do when we submit a book proposal is to say, these are the other books that are kind of like what I want to write. And if there's nothing out there, they're going to be like, sorry, it's just an unproven market. So we want to find we want to find that the business model already exists and that people already pay for it. So and then the second part of that is our fear comes in then and goes, oh, well, if it's already out there, look, people are doing it better. There's no room for me. But the truth is there's so much room for you because you will do your business in a completely different way than everybody else has. You're going to, God has given you unique gifts and abilities and strengths and passions to put into it that nobody else has. My, my last book was about fear. And I knew for sure that that was the book that God wanted me to write, that I was going to tackle fear. It was going to be directed for women. But when I looked on Amazon, I saw that there were 40,000 other books on fear. And from a business perspective, I went, okay, that means that people actually care about this topic and want to want to overcome it. But my human side of me went, oh, how can I compete with all those other books? But the truth is, there's always room for us. And if we do it uniquely, if we create our business or our products or our books from our perspective, it's always going to rise to the top. And it's always going to reach the people that it's meant to reach because you'll connect with your audience. Yeah, I agree. And I totally understand that thought process when you when you saw that. So when you said that, that there's so many other titles about fear, what went through my head is like, oh my gosh, like this is saturated and there's so many books on this, but you're totally right. Because if you, if it's so, um, you know, not, if the topic is not known, like you were saying with the elephant and the toenails, you know, people aren't even going to be searching <laughs> that. So right. um, I think yeah. that that's a very valid point. Another thing that stood out to me that I read uh, about you that you have you have a guilt-free mindset, right? When it comes to business, family, and balance. So I thought that was really interesting because I feel like so many moms have such a hard time with this. So can you share with us how you're able to have that guilt-free mentality and what have you done in order to get to that point? Well, I think some of it is just having five kids and something happens after, after maybe the third kid where you realize, oh, I am not... I'm not in control of this madhouse. Like, <laughs> things are not going to be as clean as I want them to be. Things are not going to be as orderly. We're going to show up for church and there's no way we're all going to be showered. You know, this is our life now. And it gave me a bit of a perspective shift from trying to make everything seem quote unquote right. You know, whatever we think things are supposed to be like and really focus on the things that matter. So it doesn't matter that the sink isn't cleaned out at night, but it matters that the boys are loving to each other. It doesn't matter that, you know, sometimes our yard has weeds in it, you know, in the flower beds. But what matters is those boys go out there and they take responsibility for it and they will help with the weeding. So for me, it shifted from how do I, to be quite honest, how do I make things look right to the outside world? to how do I focus on the things that are really, really important. And if we look through scripture and we look, you know, historically at the lives of women and families, there's never been a time in history where where women had the luxury to just sit around and dote on their children. Right? I mean, right. women have always been working. They haven't always been in a traditional job, but women's work is hard work. You know, that's 
that's 12 hours a day. You're taking care of the house. You're, you know, washing dishes. You're doing all these things. Women, women have never just sat around and read high level books to their children all day. But we kind of live in a culture where we put that type of behavior up on a pedestal. So for me, I had to make peace with, okay, I'm going to major in the minor majors and minor in the minors. The majors for us is, are, do the boys know how to give and receive love? Do, do they take personal responsibility for themselves? Are they willing to, to work hard? Are they, are they honest? Is it a, is it a character issue with the boys or is it just convenience for me? And that took my focus of parenting off trying to look good to other people, trying to make my life convenient and really focusing on building their character. For me in our house, if everybody knows how to give and receive love, if people know how to laugh, if people know how to take responsibility for themselves, if people love Jesus, we're golden, all the rest will figure itself out. Wow. Yeah. That just made me feel really good just listening to that. And I think that's so great. And what a good point about, you know, motherhood, right? That, you know, you think back in the day, women were always having to just prep the food, right? We didn't have all these conveniences. So they weren't just, you know, throwing things in a microwave or going through the drive through. They were having to do all these things. So to have to think now that we can just stop and just do all those things, what you're saying, the high level reading and whatever with our kids is not realistic because there's so many things that still need to get done. And things just look different today. So um, that that is a, a great point. And but I am curious, though, with having four, uh, five boys, not four, five, how did you figure out how to get all your stuff done for work, especially in the summer? Like, how did you get it done? Because I feel like even for me, like there's camps this week, there's not camps this week, I'm trying to do the podcast. And I'm like, wait, are the girls going to be home that day? You know, um, so with having <laughs> five, like, how, how are you writing books and, and being really focused? What, what did you figure out during that time frame? And let me ask, how old was your youngest when you really had to start figuring out, okay, I need to start making money? Okay, great questions. The youngest, well, we lost our home when I was five weeks old. So I guess about like seven weeks old. That he was That's seven when weeks? I would take everybody. Oh. Yeah, I would take everyone to the McDonald's Playland and he'd be in his, you know, he'd be nursing on one knee and I'd be Googling mm. and the kids are, you know, going in the ball pit. Um, balancing work with kids is tough. Anybody that says it isn't tough is just crazy. Now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in a really good place now. Cause again, my youngest is 10, right. oldest is 19. They really occupy themselves. But in those early years, it was very, very difficult. Um, what I would do when I still had little kids at home who weren't going to preschool is I knew that during the day, the big brothers were all going to be at school. The little kids were going to be home and I would try to occupy them with toys. I let them watch TV. And then I did a lot of work after everybody went to bed. I used to stay up till maybe one or 2 AM every single night. Mm. And just, I, I don't, I literally don't know how I did it. Yeah. Um, but here's <laughs> the thing. I am, I am not anti-screen time. So I believe that honestly, it's fine for kids to watch TV as long as the TV show is appropriate. You know, we're not going to be letting our kids watch Deadpool, right? Right. But if we're <laughs> letting our kids watch things that aren't harmful, I'm not anti-screen time. Yeah. So with my with my oldest son, I, I didn't let him watch TV. I did everything right. And, you know, he's just, <laughs> he's an average kid, right? Yeah, right. Second, second born. Yeah. 
I was I gave up. He he grew up watching TV. Like yes. he's Mr. Screen Time. That kid's <laughs> going to be valedictorian next year. Oh, you just, it's crazy. The, yeah. The idea that we as parents have that much control over over what happens with our kids is just kind of silly. I feel like we put too much pressure on ourselves. Yeah. So honestly, if you're listening to me out there and it's <laughs> during the day and you want to work for three hours and you want to put on Paw Patrol, do it and don't feel bad about it. Yeah. I swear to you, your kids are going to be just fine. Yeah. They're not going to be. They're not going to be any less smart. They're not going to be any less brilliant. They're going to be fine. Yeah, I love that. And I, I'm glad that you said that because I do feel like a lot of people are like, no, don't do it. And and this is what I feel like you learn when you have big families, because kind of like what you're saying, um, you kind of have to have less rules. And so sometimes yeah. it takes you to have more kids to realize that. So the people so I have two two kids. So and and I'm around a lot of people who actually have three and four. Um, and you just see like you can't keep up. I mean, I even saw that with the shift from one to two. My my second, so she's three years younger than um, her sister. She's already doing things that my oldest was doing at a different age because she's doing what my oldest is doing. Right? Like I'm like, oh, I didn't let oh, her. Yeah. I didn't let her eat that, and I didn't let her do this. And so, so if you just keep adding on kids, I mean, I don't know how you segregate them to be like, well, no, you can't do that. And then keep them over here. So I do feel like that's a, a good point. And I, and I'm glad that you said that because I think that is going to give permission to moms to just let up a little bit, you know, to kind of be like, okay, I can do this. It's okay. Cause I feel like everybody just feels all this pressure, which I was going to jump into this in the next question, but I'm just going to bring it up right now. Um, well, you know what, let me back up. Cause let's break, I need to bring in your book in order to reference this. So you know, you decided to write this book that's coming out soon called The Year of Happy Living, Finding Contentment and Connection in a Crazy World, which I think that title is amazing. Um, I'm going to jump into why you decided to write this book, but I'm going to go into this first that you said, um, our life is not a Pinterest board. And <laughs> it's just making me think about all this when we're talking about the TV. So that that's why I'm jumping a little bit all over the place. Um, yeah. What What was it that made you think I'm going to write about this? Like, what is it that stands out to you the most? Because I think all of this connects together, right? You see all these Pinterest things and you're like, oh, I should be doing all these different crafts with my kids instead of letting them watch TV. And I need to be like doing all these crazy tasks. So I'm curious of what you, what you think of when you, when you write that. Well, in terms of life, not being a Pinterest board, I spent you know, the first couple of years that Pinterest was out, pinning things, pinning recipes I was never going to make, pinning crafts I was never going to do. I mean, it, it's excessive. Women who do crafts are amazing. They make up for women like me who can't do anything, right? And for me, I was like, I'm putting all of this pressure to make mason jar art and, you know, <laughs> have do all of like, you would go on Pinterest and it's like you have the map of Lord of the Rings on, on fingernails. And I mean, it's just, it's amazing stuff yeah. on there, which more power to you. I like to look at it, but I was putting this internal pressure on myself to kind of be a Pinterest mom. But for, as a businesswoman, I came to realize really quickly, there is big money on the internet for making, you know, intricate crafts, making your life look perfect and taking pictures of it. There is like six figure incomes out there driving this. And for me, that was the switch of, okay, all of these beautiful photos and tutorials and videos and Instagram posts, 
this is not someone's real life that I should be trying to achieve. This is someone's business. Mm. And when I made that switch to me, it changed everything. And I kind of gave myself permission to be Allie. And if, if that's somebody's business to do that, more power to them, sister. That's great. But we as consumers, my, myself included, we're looking at all this stuff on Pinterest going, oh, I should really be able to do that too. Well, no, that's somebody's whole business is to create that stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't think people realize that. I think they're just thinking this is mm-hmm. a normal person, normal mom, you know, who has her kids at home, not really, not realizing that, yes, she she's made this a business. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, when she's taking pictures of those crafts, she's fussing at her kids to sit next to the crafts and smile and get the lighting just right. (laughs) Like it's not pretty behind the scenes. No, no. It's like family pictures. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you see so many pictures of mine crying because I was like, you better smile. Well, there's five of them. I mean, I don't even know, like half the time I, I have two. And so I'm like, oh, I'm like, she's smiling, she's looking off, and there's only two of them. So I can't even imagine trying to do five boys, <laughs> trying to get them to look the one direction. Um, it's so funny. I had a, uh, I had to get my first mammogram. I turned 40 this year. So I got my first mammogram. And yeah, and that was really interesting. And um, and I felt like I told her, like, all the things, for all of you guys that have not done a mammogram yet. Um, so, you know, they pretty much just pick your boob up, put it on the shelf. But then, not, not this is what I wasn't expecting. You have to, like, tilt your head, then suck in, and then, and don't breathe, and then just hold it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, family pictures on crack. I'm like, except there's no family around you. <laughs> Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, you would be really good at doing family pictures. I mean, she's like, tilt your head. She literally is moving my head as if I'm going to take a picture somewhere that the photographer somewhere. And I I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is, this is uh, totally family pictures, but you know, not fun family pictures. But anyway, so that totally reminded me of that (laughs) because I was like, I, I wasn't anticipating this aspect of the mammogram. And so Totally. Yeah. yeah. The whole not breathing too. Like I totally feel like that. Anyway, so I'm like, okay, you know, for family pictures, like I got to look thinner. Okay. Suck in. Okay. And I'm like, this is, it's the same thing for mammogram. <laughs> um, so I wanted to jump back to your book. Um, I digress with the mammogram situation. And um, so the year of happy living, what made you decide to write this book? Well, I am a bit of a research nerd. So I love combining like the truth of scripture with what all the scientists out there in the world are going, look, we've been studying happiness for 10 years and voila, it's amazing. It turns out gratitude and generosity and relationships make us happy. And and as believers, we're like, yeah, of course they do. Like we know this. Mm -hmm. And, but I wanted to create a book that's going to combine the truth of God's word with really practical day-to-day things that we can do to live a happy life. Because sometimes shifting our life into a state of real Real happiness involves just a lot of little, tiny, small changes. Small changes add up and can completely change our life. Yeah. I mean, when just like reading all the the titles um, in there, I, I mean, I, I could just talk about all of them, but I was like, okay, I have to refrain myself um, because people need to buy your book. <laughs> and so um, one thing that uh, one of the other things that stood out to me, though, was, um, you know, God's plan, not my plan. And, you know, I really struggle with this a lot of times. And then sometimes I'm like, is this God's plan? And, or is this my plan that I was just thinking it was God's plan? Or, um, so I'm curious what made you write about that? 
Yeah, I think one of one of the biggest reasons for an unhappiness in our life and just feeling feeling like we're missing out on something, and if we could just get this one thing, everything would be right, is we forget that God created us. He numbered our days. He put everything in order. He knows exactly what's going to happen to us, and nothing is going to happen to us that He doesn't want to happen. Like he, He's got it under control. But for me, I always had a plan and would be really, really upset when what happened in my life didn't match what actually happened. So real happiness comes from going, okay, these are the goals I have, but Lord, I'm giving this to you and I'm going to trust you with it. I'm going to work so hard at these goals, but the end result is completely up to you. And living in a state of humility where we know that what's truly best for us is what's actually going to happen. That if he created the world and the universe and everything in it, we can trust him knowing even when it doesn't look like what we wanted it to look like, he's in control and what's actually going to be best for us is what happens. I mean, I think about that with the fear of missing out and FOMO and social media and everything. It's hard to get on Instagram and be on there for over an hour and not all of a sudden feel bad about yourself. It's just hard. Like researchers have shown it. The more research, more and more research is coming out all the time saying the more time we spend on Facebook, for instance, the more unhappy we are. Because what happens is subconsciously some little area of our brain, whether we know it or not, starts comparing ourselves to the to the pictures we see. So for me, I had to go, okay, Lord, I I trust you. You completely control my life. And there is nothing that I'm meant to have that I won't have because you'll give it to me. There's no place that I'm meant to be that I won't be because you'll make sure I'm there. And for me, that was a game changer for me. I'm not missing out on anything because everything I'm supposed to do, everything that's good and beneficial for me to do, he'll make sure I do it. I love that. And oh, you know, what peace having that mindset, right? Instead of trying to just let your mind race and just think like, oh, you know, I'm missing out and all that. I have a funny story about this and and it's in, it takes place in real life, but um, our neighbors, they were like always on top, they don't live there anymore, but they were always on top of their yard and they just had those personalities. Like they went above and beyond and they, they were doing (laughs) something. And I said to my husband, I'm like, like, should we be doing that? And he references that all the time. Cause I'm like, well, they're doing it. Should we be doing it? And it was just like, yeah. I don't know, putting more dirt in or something. It was, it's so dumb, but, um, but their stuff looked really good. So you, you think about that, like that's, that's real life Facebook, right? So now we just are exposed mm-hmm. to so many people to actually say that to like, Oh, should we be doing that? How, how are we supposed to do this? I don't know how we're going to do it and all that stuff. And it really just can make you so unhappy. And I know you talk about gratitude. Um, in the book, which I think is great. And uh, I won't go into that again, because I, I I could go on every title that uh, you wrote in there. And so I just think that is such an important thing to always go back to God and and say what you what you just said, because I mean, what what is the, you know, um, alternative? I mean, I think you would just drive yourself crazy. So um, I love that. And, you know, Allie, as we wrap up, um, we're, we're almost at the end of the show. I, I do want to touch on um, Two, two titles that stood out to me because I love talking about this topic on the show a lot. It's all about the friendship. So in your book, you talk about your favorite five and find your battle buddies. I just love that. Um, what I, I would love to hear how you came up with those and what, what do they mean? Well, sure. There's a, a famous saying that your life is the combination of the five people that you're around most. 
And it is so true for all of us. The the five voices that speak into our lives the most are the are the, what's going to affect our life, what's going to teach us how to think about things, what's going to show us how what perspective to have about things. So we have to be very careful with the voices that we have surrounding us. We have to choose those five good friends, those five people that speak into our lives and influence us really, really well, because they're going to determine what our life looks like in the future. You know, I, I remind my teenagers all the time, the people you hang out with, you look at them and that's going to tell you what you're going to end up like as an adult, if you're not careful. Yeah. And it takes real maturity to have that aspect and, and have that outlook, but it makes all the difference. And then for battle buddies, it's a really funny story. A friend of mine was telling me that in the army, people will get assigned a battle buddy. So two people will be assigned together. They'll look out for each other in combat to make sure physically they're doing okay. But they look out for each other outside of combat to make sure that emotionally they're doing okay. And I love that concept. I think it's important for us to women as women to have battle buddies because to be quite honest, every day is a battle. We go through, you know, physical battles, mm -hmm. emotional battles, spiritual battles, you know, every day so much is coming at us and we need to to link arms with battle buddies that are going to build us up, that are going to speak truth into our lives um, and that aren't going to tear us down, that aren't going to be, you know, passive aggressive or dramatic or, I mean, to be quite honest, there's lots of toxic friendships out there and it's really, really important for our short-term and long-term happiness to go, no, I'm going to surround myself the people who build me up. I'm going to find battle bodies to link arms with and to live the life that God created me to live. Yeah, I agree. And I love all of that. Um, uh, my husband and I are big Tony Robbins fans and we've gone to his events and he always talks about you are your top five like friends. Yes. So, so you are who you hang out with, you know, and I grew up knowing that and it is so true. And then I love the battle buddies because especially as moms, right? You have your husband and, and that is so great, but moms get each other, right? They just get that life. Like yes. you have a shorthand that, um, you know, that if I said something to my husband, he may totally misunderstand what I'm saying. But if I said that to another mom, I feel like they'd be like, Oh, I got you girl. I know what you're saying, you know? And so, um, mm -hmm. I, I think that's so great. And, and, and I always am trying to encourage people. I always say, try to find those people that can be on, if you're looking at a scale, um, I try not to spend most of my time with people that are, uh, seven and below, meaning that I'm investing most of my time in the eights, nines and 10 friendships that if I can get into that deep level, but if we're kind of like below that, like, I don't, I don't have enough time to dedicate to all of them. So they're more my acquaintances and stuff like that. And then the ones that, you know, are really yeah. like my close girlfriends, I, that when I have that free time, I'm trying to give it to them to keep cultivating that friendship and, and growing it. So I'm all about the friendships and, and really, you know, finding them, growing them, maintaining them, because I do think as moms, it is challenging to find friends because it's so hard to have conversations when you have small children because they're constantly interrupting you. Or if you're at a park, you're like half the time you're, if you're sitting and then one of you, one of you are running to the kids and sitting back and then the other one's going and it's so hard to build that. So I always think it's really important to invest in that and find that time. Um, so Allie, as we wrap up, where can people find you on social media and your website? And, um, I, and when can they buy your book and where will they be able to buy it? Sure. I am all over the internet as Allie Worthington, just at Allie Worthington, A-L-L-I. 
And The Year of Living Happy comes out October 2nd, and it will be available everywhere that you can buy books. Awesome. Allie, I had so much fun talking to you, and thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. This has been great. Hey, you guys. So I was talking about Allie's program that she created called Gainful Growth earlier, and I wanted to just revisit this. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, I don't know if it's perfect for me. So I want to give you some ideas of who it would be perfect for. So if you're a stay-at-home mom and you want to use your gifts and talents to add to the family income, and you don't know whether your sewing or baking or photography skills can be monetized, and you'd love someone to tell you what to do and how to do it. Or you are an entrepreneur who's just starting out and you're overwhelmed with all the information that's out there. And you just really feel like you need someone to just lay out the next and most important steps for you. Or last, you're an entrepreneur who's been in the business for a while and you've launched a few offers. And while a couple have done well, the majority just kind of sputter and slip into oblivion. So you might've invested in a few courses and they just really weren't the best fit for you. So you need a rinse and repeat framework to just help you identify which ideas would not just stick, but succeed too. And then which ones you need to gently let go of. Also, I want to say that you can take her seven day money back challenge. So if you go through this in seven days and you just feel like, you know what, this isn't really working for me, you can take a test drive and get your money back. So there is nothing to lose. So just go to the special link that I've created, mominspiredshow.com forward slash gainful growth and click on it today and don't look back. You guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next week. 